before I go, before I go on more, is like, are we okay for time and stuff? I'm okay for time, but I just want to make sure I'm listen, not. Listen, people are at home doing nothing. <laughs> so like, um, I think the more tips they can get for their mental health, the better. Yeah. Good, uh, good. Plus like they'll go watch Joe Rogan talk about people tripping on DMT for 10 hours. So yeah, <laughs> we're, we're, we're good. This is all really super valuable stuff. It's super valuable. Awesome. Yeah. So keep going awesome. yeah, for sure. Good, good. Okay. So I want to talk a little bit about how to self-reflect and explore your emotions in this time, because I think what a lot of people are going to start to feel is as the world is slowing down and as our lives are becoming less busy, they're going to have emotions come up because uh, I think a lot of us avoid emotion. Mm -hmm. We are so busy. We don't really have time to process it. We suppress it. We numb ourselves. We do all these different things. And it's almost like that when you are working really hard and then you like stop for a vacation and you get sick right away because <laughs> yeah. you're just like, your body's like, Oh, I think that happens with emotions when we're really busy and then all of a sudden that stops. So I wanted to talk a little bit about that. And again, as I said, like these emotions are normal human mm -hmm. response and um, just an encouragement, like there's no bad emotions. Emotions are not bad or good. They just right. are an experience. And of course, what we do with those emotions matter, you know, we have a choice there, but, but the emotion itself isn't bad or good. And you can have mixed emotions. It can be both and um, like, and children struggle with that concept a bit and, and we can be really uncomfortable with that, but like you can be sad for the loss of normalcy and thankful for more family time. And yeah. you can also be like, I'm, oh, my kids are driving me crazy, <laughs> but they're a treasure. No, <laughs> like, no. that's no. fine. No, like, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> all those things are good. Right. And, yeah. and um, so, so I think, yeah, go on. But here's Josh. a question. Why why do Christians feel guilty about that then? Mm. Like why why do they feel guilty about their emotions? Because like it's like, yes, I'm thankful. Okay. But mm. the the truth is on the other side, there is this space of like I'm fearful or I'm mm. angry or whatever. But it's almost like uh yeah. trying to repress the negative to uplift the positive, and yet both can can live simultaneously and neither yeah. one of them is wrong. So so why and why do we do that? Uh, oh, that's a really like good question. And I'm not always, I'm not like a trained, I didn't go to Bible school. I'm not trained in theology. So I'm always a bit hesitant to, um, I don't know, speak to like some of those things, but I think yeah. actually pastor Luke had such a great message this last Sunday that yeah, talked yeah. about like the hope of God and, and the joy of God doesn't what like it can exist with a full acknowledgement of the pain and suffering right. that we are experiencing in the world. And I think sometimes like uh, you guys would probably be able to speak to this better, but in Christian culture, there can be a tendency to like, if I feel anger or I feel sadness, then it doesn't mean I ha it means I don't have hope right. or that I don't right. have true faith in God. If I have, if I have real faith, I'm not going to feel any of those negative right. things. I'm not going to yeah. doubt. I'm not going to have fear. Um, and I think that sometimes com comes from just like taking sound bites from the Bible hmm. and taking like verses out of context. Yeah, that's good. Um, if we just read them at face value, you know, um, sometimes it can seem like, oh, I can't be fearful and trust God. I can't yeah. feel hopeless and um, have faith. Like, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That that's just some of my thoughts, but. Well, I, I, I automatically go to Jeremiah 29, 11, um, because 
like it's a very cute verse. It's like, <laughs> yeah. So so you know, it's like, I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Plans to prosper you, to give you, you know, hope and a future and yada, yada. And like, people put it on Bible covers and coffee cups and, you know, all kinds of Christian paraphernalia and they claim it as their life verse. But when you read the actual context of it, like it, it is, it is such a difficult story. Like here, here are God's people in exile and they have false prophets telling them that they're going to get out of exile very soon. And Jeremiah, everybody hated because he just keeps bringing up bad news, uh, says, actually, that's not how it's going to happen. You need to settle down, marry, marry, get your kids married off, uh, seek the prosperity of the city, you know, build gardens, just settle down because you're not going anywhere mm-hmm. for 70 years. Mm-hmm. And, and then he says, uh, then, the, then God says, but I know the, ha- the plans I have for you. Mm-hmm. Thus says the Lord to, to prosper you, to give you hope and a future. And it's like, but here, here's this tension point where, yes, God has these amazing plans for Israel because that's where Jesus would come out of. But at the same time, here they are because of their unfaithfulness, they're stuck in something for 70 years. And... Mm-hmm. You know, it, and here are these leaders giving them false hopes about getting out. And so I, I think like that's, that's the tension of what we face is that there is both beauty and despair in the same, in the same space of life all of the time. And it's learning yeah. how to manage that stuff well so that yeah. we know how to do it. But uh, yeah. yeah, and they don't cancel each other out. No. Mm. Um, yeah, I think, you know, Jesus spoke to that, like, when he talked to the disciples, um, like, in this world, you'll face many troubles, but, like, take heart, I've overcome the world. Mm-hmm. You know, he doesn't say, like, you're a Christian now, you're never going to have trouble and suffering. Like, the disciples had so much suffering, yeah. um, but they had that ultimate hope in Jesus. And sometimes things aren't made right here on earth. Yeah, All right. Um, so good. And that's really hard. Like, and so when people are like, there's a purpose in this, or... Um, like, and we'll talk more about finding meaning. Like, I don't think you have to say like, I'm so glad this bad thing happened. Mm-hmm. No, I, you know, no, we don't. A lot of times these things that happen are terrible and they're tragedies, but, and they're really hard, but we could say like, but this, uh, but this is what like I made of it after this yeah. is what God like did with this after, but it doesn't mean you have to be happy that it happened Yeah, to, to find meaning or purpose in it. So are, are, you, are um, you sure you didn't go to Bible college? <laughs> no. Because <laughs> you're yeah. speaking some hard theology right there. Oh, I like that. So yes. it's good. Okay, good. <laughs> um, so just some a practical tip on how to engage in self-reflection and explore your emotions is an acronym because counselors love an acronym. Hey. This one's yep. called CALM. They're always like okay. CALM and like SOUL and that Dove. Is. Um, dove. Well, yeah. okay. I don't know that one. Um, <laughs> I, I just, I, I, the first thing I thought of is really dove. useful. Dove. Yeah, Palm dove. branch. Yes. <laughs> yeah. All those things. So, um, this one's calm. So when you are experiencing emotions and often like, like you might have to look to your behavior first. You might not even know what you're feeling. You just know like, Oh, I'm behaving in a way that's like, Mm. <laughs> like mm. I'm really anxious or I'm, or I'm like acting out or I'm yelling or I'm being argumentative, whatever. Um, be curious. Okay. Yeah. So start asking yourself questions like, Whoa, Whoa, Whoa. Like what's going on here? Why am I 
saying or doing these things or, mm. you know, just starting to reflect on that, just asking questions, being curious, being open-minded to explore. Um, a is accepting. And then I actually added affirming because I think that's important too, is yeah. just radically accepting whatever emotion it is that you have, trying not to place a judgment on it. Um, I think especially in Christian culture, we and especially for women, we place a lot of judgment on feeling angry. We're not supposed to like, don't feel angry. That's bad. But that's a really natural and, and important emotion to feel. So just being accepting of whatever emotion starts to come up and affirming it. And sometimes I can spend entire, like multiple sessions with clients, just labeling an emotion right. and learning to accept that it's there and not feel ashamed, mm -hmm. ashamed that it's there. Uh, or judgment on it. So just trying to be non-judgmental. And I love this CBT technique of is developed by David Burns. Um, he asks you to, to take an emotion and ask yourself, what is helpful about this emotion? What is this emotion showing me? And what values and characteristics underlie this? So I'll, I'll use anger as an example. So say you're just feeling really angry and you're angry that, um, you aren't able to go to work hmm. and um you know you just ask like well what's helpful about this emotion well what is this anger pointing to well it's actually helping me realize how important my work was to me how important the people there are what it meant to me um and what values underlie that well i really value connection hmm. i really value being able to provide for my family um i value stability i value you know th those kinds of things right you can yeah. you can start to understand like what is what is this emotion saying about me and i think that helps to accept it and to affirm it um and you can do that with any emotion you could do that with jealousy you could do that with bitterness like yeah. it, it like even the really hard ones um with hopelessness um <laughs> and and so i i think that's important to explore that yeah yeah and the next one is l is loving and compassionate so um being loving and compassionate towards yourself with this emotion and i just always say like if because it's hard to be compassionate towards ourselves oh, yeah. and and ask yourself what would i say to a friend would i really say this this mental dialogue <laughs> that's going on in my head would i yeah. ever say that to a friend if a friend was like if a friend came to you and said like, Oh, I'm just, I miss work so much. I, it really sucks working from home. Would you say yeah. to a friend, well, aren't you thankful you still have a job? Like there's people that, yeah, can't yeah, yeah. you know, like, and, That's like, so good. yeah, like you wouldn't, it, and, and if you would say that to a friend, like check yourself. Cause I say all the time, like if, if we talk to people, mm -hmm. if we talk to others, the way we talk to ourselves, we'd literally have no friends. Mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. And we think that the things we say to ourselves don't really matter as much, but mm -hmm. they do like they, they do. matter on such a deep level and in ways we don't even really see day to day, but, but I right. think the way you talk to yourself really, really matters. So just see yourself as a friend, be loving and compassionate. And then M is motivated to learn and grow. So, okay, what can I learn from this reflection? Um, what can I change in the future? Um, how will this change my perspective? So now that I understand this emotion of like, oh, I was feeling really angry and I yelled at my husband, 
okay, well, actually that anger was like, I was, I was feeling out of sorts because I feel out of control. He did something in a way that I didn't want him to do it. Like, this is a real thing for me. <laughs> like he was cooking and I was like, that's not the way you do it. <laughs> and then I realized. Why are you burning after, the pasta, Brooke? Yeah. Yeah. yeah and I realized that. after reflecting like, oh, it's just me trying to have a sense of control. And it's like, I, I love cooking. I know there's a way to do this. He didn't do it the way that I would. And that felt just like the final thing yeah. for me of like, ah, nothing is in my control. And then I just realized, okay, like that was just me trying to be in control. How can I change in the future mm. and, and not get so frustrated so quickly? And, and um, you know, in the example that I used before, like maybe it would be like what can I learn well my work is actually so valuable to me the people are so valuable yeah. when I get back there I want to try and have more gratitude I want to try and connect with people more um I I'm just gonna realize how thankful I am for that yeah. that job so, so yeah that's kind of a practical way to like engage in self-reflection um anything that you guys want to add there before I go on Carl, you do a lot of self-reflection. Well, I mean, that's to, to a fault, yes. So, because I'm, uh, I'm, I internalize everything, so then I just go in circles. So, I'm very good at that. Probably not in healthy ways, though. Yeah. Yeah, but, but that, you know what, though? Your strength, like your, the things that are sometimes like a challenge or yeah. um, a difficulty can actually be your greatest strength. It's sure. just like you finding the right tool or redirecting that. So, introspection, that's such a great quality yeah. and maybe just finding like the right tool or the right person to like do that that with that's a good point that's great oh, okay. that's great yeah Count free. I, this is why we did this for free i know sessions. i know that, that's, <laughs> why, that's why <laughs> i'm a little rusty so oh you're doing great you're doing awesome <laughs> okay. well um, i mean this this next bit i think is we're really going to see some practical stuff here now yeah, too yeah, right yeah. Uh, yeah yeah i'm excited so about this, this next section yeah th so um, the next page is on, or the next little bit is like mindset and finding mm -hmm. meaning. Yeah. I like, love this stuff and it's maybe not like it, it is somewhat practical, but it's also a bit philosophical too, I guess. But, um, I love like Viktor Frankl. He was an Austrian psychiatrist and a Holocaust survivor. And then he later went on to create logotherapy, um, and do like a lot of amazing counseling work. But he, he had this quote that I just love. He said, everything can be taken away from a man, but one thing, the last of the human freedoms to choose one's attitude in any given set of circumstances to choose one's own way. Um, and to think of, he said that quote in the context of living through, yeah, you worst. know, concentration oh camp yeah, and yeah, just yeah. so much more than so much more than what we're experiencing now. And, but, but he can still say that we can still, choose our attitude we can still choose our mindset and i love that it's so empowering wow. and i think mindset is really important we may not have control over our situation but we do have control over our mindset mm. and just like a like one way to, to say that is like i'm going from i'm stuck at home to i'm safe at home hmm. Hmm. right like that's just a little shift and it does take work it, again it's like exercising it's, yeah. you're not going to lift 500 pounds overnight. You're not going to shift your mindset overnight, but it's that slow practice every day of just finding one thing to, to, to like be like, no, I am, I'm safe at home. I'm right now. I can't live the life that I was, but it's, it's for the collective good. 
Um, I'm keeping people protected by doing this and I'm helping our, our healthcare system by doing this. And I think that is really huge in, Mm. in finding wellness through a time like this. And Mm. he observed in the camps that the people who had meaning and who decided to take charge of, of their mindset, um, survived in a lot of cases and, um, you know, we're able to get through and, and I think that that's something that's going to help us get through is, yeah, is how right. we, um, how we decide to look at this. And I will say you, one thing that helps me with mindset is reflecting with my future self. Mm-hmm. So thinking me in five years, when I look back on this time, am I going to be like, I'm so glad I worried so much. Um, <laughs> like, oh, good for- Good thing yeah. I worried and prevented that pandemic um, from happening, yeah. my worrying. No, like I'm going to wish that I enjoyed the time. I'm going to, um, what are my, you know, what my baby won't remember this, but for people with children, like what are their kids going to remember? Yeah. You know, like, are they going to remember? Probably they're going to remember some really like funny, good times that were had if, if we can kind of get to that place. Mm-hmm. And, um, um, and I think like, we can romanticize like looking back on like, Oh, the war efforts in like world war one and two, like those were really hard times, but people pulled together. Right. And like, I want to be able to look back on this time and say like, Oh wow, look at how we pulled together. Look at what we did to get through this. Um, And, and so, yeah, just, I always think like, what's future stuff gonna, gonna say. Um, I think an important thing is you can't change someone's mindset or attitude for them. <laughs> like, so it's an individual process. Um, and so don't try to like force that on people. Uh, Cause I think it, they have to make their own meaning and out of things. But I think also we kind of talked about this before, but having like a positive mindset doesn't mean denying the painful reality or denying suffering. It's both. We can acknowledge our pain and validate it, but we can also find meaning and beauty out of what's happening. Not because of what's happening, but what, what we do out of that. Um, Yeah. And, and I really liked pastor Luke said, don't wish away this time. Mm -hmm. Like that was such a good quote from this, like from this last sermon, like don't wish away this time and try to just be present, even though it's really hard. Um, So yeah, that's some of the stuff on mindset. That's great. Um, yeah. And so I wanted to kind of go into a few like specific categories of, yeah. you know, maybe circumstances that you're in. So the first one is for single people who are single and self-isolating alone, which like my heart just like goes out because I think that is yeah. so challenging and I'm an introvert. Like I really enjoy my alone time, but obviously that's like that's a lot of separation. Yeah. 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 That's a lot. Um, so just, really admire those people that are living that reality and making that sacrifice. Um, But I think for them, like obviously all the tips we already talked about, but just make sure that you connect regularly with your friends and family, make sure you have that human connection. Um, And if you maybe don't like have a community, try to start one, like, Hmm, (laughs) you know, start a small group, put it out there. This is a time, like this is a time where I think, communities could be built in a new way in a different way and start a small group and I remember the first time I started a small group and led one I was so terrified 
I was a really new Christian. I think I'd only been a Christian like a year and I made, I literally made a PowerPoint, you guys. Like oh, I wow. like made a PowerPoint present. I, I so, love that. It's I, impressive. I didn't know what to do or what it looked like, but just, just do it. It doesn't need to be perfect. <laughs> and like, <laughs> you know, like. Just did you have a laser pointer too? I did have a clicker, Come I think. on. Yeah, it this was. I still so have friends weird. that like laugh about that. Like, I still remember like you like yeah, did a PowerPoint. So, so <laughs> just, good. yeah, I think small groups, um, like just getting into the word of God with yeah. the community, having people that are praying for you, having people that you're connecting with um, on a regular basis, I think is important outside of this, but sure. especially important right now. So I think that is that has been so life-giving to Brooke and I, um, our, our small group. And so just really, that's what I would encourage for single individuals on top of everything else we talked about. So mm. good. I, I know we're looking for small group hosts. Mm-hmm. Um, like all of our yeah. small groups have been put onto Zoom now. So which mm-hmm. is really exciting because they're all using it and they've scheduled mm-hmm. themselves and all, all that other stuff. But uh, I think like your encouragement, if if you don't have a community you just start one. I think one of yeah. the ways that Elam can help is like, we'll, we'll actually take your name and put it out there and say, you, why don't you join this small group? So if, if that's, if anybody's watching this and they, they want to start a small group, just get a hold of, uh, of me, Joshua at elamchurch.ca. And, mm-hmm. uh, and we can do that. Or you can go to elamchurch.ca, uh, look at the tab that says connect and you'll see a whole link to say, become a small group host and we'll, we'll get you all set up. Uh, you don't have to pay for anything or do anything. Mm-hmm. Just want to make sure that you you have resources. So that's great. That that's a great tip. Yeah, and you don't have to be perfect. Like you don't no. have to have all the answers. Mm-hmm. You don't have to have any experience. Like it's just connecting with people. So I or a that. PowerPoint or a PowerPoint. Yeah, yeah. Like or you can make a PowerPoint and it's it's not that. weird. I love that. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> so okay. uh, the next category is couples without kids, which I'm like. Oh man, you're, you could be in your glory days here. I, really? I'm, um, I'm a little envious, maybe. <laughs> I know. What I you mean by that in your glory, in, in your glory days? Uh, I wrote in all caps, relax, rest, recharge and sleep. Like, like enjoy <laughs> this time. Yes. Cause like pre, pre baby stuff, like really wishes she could go back and say this to like, or mm. no post baby stuff. Post, wishes yeah. That she could say this yeah. to pre baby stuff. Cause like, why didn't I nap when I had the opportunity? I don't know. Yeah, so yeah, like, yeah, yeah. don't, don't feel guilty if you're just chilling out a bit. Like, you know, I think, I, and like, especially if you plan to have kids later, like definitely enjoy this time. So, I mean, you could make a baby during this time. Yeah, if that's really true. Want to. Hey, what are they calling the baby boom? The like Corona uh, kids? Corona, yeah. There you go. Yeah. yeah. But, oh yeah. You look back on historical data of like, blackouts and like storms and stuff there's always a baby boom nine months later so this will just be like an extended baby here we go although i heard they're all going to be first-time parents because no parents with actual with children are going to have another (laughs) how 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 does that work just the first time how does that work yeah Yeah. anyway well i mean we we have to figure out a way to pay for this deficit that we're about to go into so make babies people there you go having more children let's go um so uh, but, but for real, like I think couples without kids, I mean, it's a time to invest in your relationship, right? Totally. Ask how can you support each other during this time? What do you guys need? Yeah. Um, 
just like practically like Brooke and I often will have would have those conversations as we went through different transitions in life what do you need right now because it's going to be different and it might change so constantly communicating about that so good Um, that's interesting because the other thing I heard from someone too an interesting perspective was that um, I mean you think well they have it easy it's it's the easiest option out of all of these Mm -hmm. but um, obviously this kind of time together amplifies issues as well yeah oh yeah so I mean thinking through it could actually be a real real challenge for for two people without kids trying to think of what the challenge would be but the challenge could be you know Man, if you have, if there is problems in your relationship, this is this is going to be a tough time. Yeah, absolutely, right? so. yeah, absolutely. I know it's easy to romanticize it, but sure. like, <laughs> if you have children, but it, yeah, it's true. It can be it can be really challenging. So, what do you need right now? How can you build into your relationship? There's so many excellent resources, but like Gottman resources yeah. are amazing for marriage. Um, what projects do you want to work on together? So like do a project together, you know, try something new, learn a new skill, take an online class together. Um, and I think to mobilizing to help and serve other people because yeah. you, you know, you're in a place where I think you can serve in an amazing way. Mm. Um, and so how can you connect and build community with, with your single friends, with your family, how can you help people around you? I think that that couples without kids are amazing at that um, because they don't have necessarily like the other demands on their time that kids bring. So I think they're in a unique place to help in a really big way. So that's cool. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Just to add that, I know, like, I know we can't, you can't mm-hmm. physically do anything, but I know mm-hmm. uh, Karen, when Karen and I were going through some, some hard stuff, uh, mm-hmm. Tyson and Lindsay actually came to our house and like watched our kids one night. And Aww, it was the first time we had been on a date in a long time. And it was like, mm-hmm. they just were, it was just so, so fantastic that they could just jump in and do that. So I know mm-hmm. like for, I know people can't show up to people's homes and take kids out, but like mm-hmm. there's gotta be a way to, to help families out that way. So if you're, you know, a yeah. couple and, you have nieces and nephews or whatever, maybe there's a way to, yeah. to do it digitally with your, uh, with your nieces and nephews. Yeah. And kids. yeah. Be creative, like make a scavenger hunt for them outside. You know, it's cool. like if they can go outside, like go and make a scavenger hunt that then they can go run around on or something. There's just a million ways you could do that. But I think you're right. Like it, it can be so helpful and obviously we have to adapt how we do that right now. Mm. But, but, um, I think there's lots of ways to help. Yeah, fantastic. Um, Yeah. So the next part I want to talk about is, is parents with children at home and like bless all of you because that's really hard. Mm-hmm. And like, I mean, I have a baby, but it, I don't think it's the same as like having older children at home. I think that's, uh, I think it's tough. Um, mm-hmm. So the first thing I would say is lower your expectations. And yeah, I could say this across all the different categories, but especially right. in families, lower your expectations of everyone, of yourself, of your children, like we are in a pandemic, like yeah. normal life has ground to a halt. Um, everyone's recalibrating. Everyone needs space to process. We're not going to be as productive as we were before. Right. We're not going to be running our homeschooling the way their classroom was run. Like, um, like those just aren't fair expectations of anyone. Mm-hmm. So I would just say like have, have realistic expectations and give everyone time to adjust um, to the new normal that they're experiencing. That's good. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think create a new schedule as a family and incorporate your kids in that process. What are their needs and wants? What, um, 
what what do they need as parents how can you schedule in a break for yourself if you're a single parent how can, what can you do in that to schedule a break because like i really feel for single parents here mm. who you know may like i think outside support is so important for anyone but especially for uh, you know a single parent home um and now they're not getting that that outside support what do they need you know um do they like have can they maybe have some alone time in the morning before the kids are up or at night? And like, mm. ju- and obviously there's always a million things they could be doing, but like taking a break to just focus on, on something they want to do or, yeah. or relaxing. So um, I think just finding that so that each parent can kind of have their own, like a break or their own space yeah. is really important when you're setting up a schedule. Um, and, you know, I think one really cool way to look at this is as a family, how can you get through this together and hmm. and really validating that each person has an important role in this you are getting through this together it's and children love that they love yeah. feeling a sense of contribution and feeling effective especially in middle childhood like 6 to 11 years that's a really mm. important stage for them is feeling mm. like they are um, mastering things and contributing and helping and so um yeah, just like giving everyone a role in the family to get through and, and that kind of feeling of like, yeah, we did this together, I think can be really empowering and make it a bit more fun versus scary yeah. <laughs> for kids. Awesome. So, yeah. That's great. Um, limiting their exposure and access to media is huge. Um, this is something I tell parents like all the time, but like electronics away at nighttime, like don't yeah. even yeah. like, and I would even argue like into teen years, obviously you have to negotiate that with your children and your teenagers. But um, I would really challenge families together to like, say like at night we all put our phones and our like iPads and technology like away right. in a box or whatever, like yeah. even mom and dad, um, because they like, they can stay up all night, like scrolling, mm. right. And reading oh, yeah. stuff. And I mean, that's outside of like this time, but I think it's especially hard right now to stay off of that. So yeah. 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 That's good. That's great. Um, I think giving everyone their own space, (laughs) like everyone has their own space they can go to respecting boundaries, just like kind of the basics in family. But I think it's important now that like, okay, I'm going to go take a breather in my room. Like, please leave me alone. (laughs) Kind of thing. (laughs) Um, (laughs) You know, I would say as parents expect that there's going to be behavioral issues in your children yeah. and just respond with compassion and grace. Um, children rely so much on routine and structure to feel safe and yeah. to feel a sense of control. So there's, I think it's natural. We're going to see increased worry and fear, maybe nightmares, difficulty sleeping, mm-hmm. testing limits, acting out meltdowns, mm-hmm. um, and, and try not to respond with like new behavioral plans or new consequences. Just connect with them. Yeah. Just connect with them. Realize they need regulation. They are so dysregulated right now. Right. Because everything that gave them regulation and structure is gone. Um, and, and the world is a like very threatening place to them right now. And I think it already was, unfortunately, yeah. prior to this with some of the stuff that, that has been going on. Um, and so they just need love and security. Just spend time connecting with them in ways that isn't meaningful to them. 
Um, so like depending on the age of your child, that might be like imaginary play, board games, video games, like maybe you don't care about it, but they do and just mm-hmm. trying to connect with them in a way that makes sense to them. Um, learn a new skill together, yeah. you know, that like just fun stuff. Um, and, and I think too, like children often don't do well with like direct questioning yeah. about stuff. Okay. Like, how are you feeling? How was school today? Right. Okay. <laughs> but like, yeah. if you're doing something together, oh, sorry, mm. go on. No, that's good. That's so true, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like if you're doing something together, those things can often just kind of come out and organically. Yeah. Um, and I feel like that's why like so many people have like heart to hearts when they're driving or, you know, like, um, and, and so I think just connecting with them. Um, one thing I would say in all this is listen, don't try to fix. Hmm. And this is true for all children, but especially as, as they enter into their teen years, they need someone to connect and listen, not necessarily fix their problems right away or even fix them at all. They, they need a place to process their emotions. That's safe. Um, they're feeling a loss. We talked about that, that sense of grief, that loss of security. They, and you can't fix grief. You can't fix loss. It it just needs to be felt. And like, there's all sorts of sayings, but about grief and loss, but one is like, you need to feel in order to heal. Hmm. Um, the only way, you know, out is through. Right. And, and so that's just as true with children. And we might, be kind of tempted to redirect them about like to thankfulness or gratitude right away. Yeah. Um, but I just encourage you to empathize. So like as an, and, and remember that this is the worst loss for them. Yeah. We as adults have the perspective of like, okay, missing your pizza party isn't the end of the world, mm-hmm. but it is for them. It yeah. really truly is. And they also don't have fully developed brains and fully developed frontal lobes, which yeah. allow them to like take perspective and metacognition and all, all those things so they really need empathy and you know as an example instead of if, if your child tells you like I'm so sad about my pizza party I'm angry instead of saying like don't worry there'll be more pizza parties next year like just say like that's really disappointing yeah. I missed it on that hey that really sucks and sometimes that can actually intensify their emotion and that's normal because yeah. you're helping them connect with it you're helping them understand it and there might be space later to say like, oh, you know, I'm, like that really sucks that you missed that. Maybe we can like, let's have our own pizza party. Let's do yeah. a family pizza party tonight. And it's not to say like, now you shouldn't feel sad. Right. It's like, we're going to do this to try and, and help cope with what's going on. Right. Um, and I think our instinct is to fix our child's pain. No one wants to see their child or exactly. anyone we love in pain. Exactly. Can, so we, can we also <laughs> add, that's a good yeah. tip for husbands too. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like just automatically I want to fix things, but mm-hmm. lots of times Carrie just wants me to listen. So, yeah. uh, and I think, I think it's very much with our kids too. Like it, it we want to fix every one of their problems. We want to make sure that they're not in pain but like yeah. they're their own people as well. And mm-hmm. so it's just giving them the space to process things well to get like with, within themselves, but have yeah. a sounding board as a parent to do that. Yeah. So, so yeah. husbands and parents, I think that's. Yeah. And, good. and I, I really value my husband's ability to help me fix problems like, and, yeah, and yeah. work with them. But I, but I'm so thankful that he has learned, you know, that we've learned, like I also need space to just feel things yeah, first. Yeah. And, 
and with children, like if we don't give them that space, I think it communicates to them that they're, it can communicate their emotions aren't okay. Yeah. Their emotions aren't appropriate. And then of course we learn to suppress emotions, to numb them, to ignore them. And, and we do that so many ways in life. Right. Yeah. But, but I think just letting them express it, don't be in a rush to fix it. Um, and I really like, again, Brene Brown, she has a book called the gift of imperfect parenting. And she just, and it's actually just, I think it's only an audio book. I don't think it's even print. Um, it's amazing. And it just, just talks about how to let your child experience disappointment and pain and how to support them through mm -hmm. it. And oof, that's hard, but it's so important. So, yeah. And I think now letting your child feel things and then also modeling to them how to then out of that change mindset and look towards gratitude or you know getting to that place it's not like we just say like you're sad that's hard mm -hmm. and then don't do anything but like yeah, yeah. you know i think i think you're making sure you validate them first um let's see that's all in the parenting did you guys have that's anything great. to add on parenting or that's, uh no because I'm fumbling through <laughs> all of those things. So at different ages too, hey. Yeah. yeah. Well, oh. I mean, I think our kids so I mean Carl has the youngest. Mm -hmm. Uh yeah, and I like ours are 14, 12 and 10ish. Mm -hmm. And like I for us it's like they they're getting up, they're doing their thing. It's managing screens and all those kinds of things, but it's more mm -hmm. the, the emotional responses that we have to work through. Whereas mm -hmm. I think for kids with, with, for parents with infants and toddlers and mm -hmm. then young kids that are, you know, almost in the eight year old range, like eight, mm -hmm. eight, eight, eight max, like it starts getting crazy. Cause it's like, there's just, Mm -hmm. energy uh they want to be entertained people are you know they, they can't necessarily do everything on their own so it's, mm -hmm. it's very taxing but uh just to remember that our kids are people too and that they need as much care as anybody else uh and they they're in a special spot because they don't necessarily know how to work through some of the emotions and if adults don't mm -hmm. know how uh for a kid that doesn't understand abstract thought or uh, understand what they're feeling, how, how much more yeah. difficult would it be to, totally. to go through something like this? Yeah. Yeah. They're having a tough time. And uh, you know, the, there's like a quote of like, they're not giving you a hard time. They're having a hard time yeah, or that's good. Uh, something, something like that. Like it's a good perspective um, shift good. there. And, and I think just having grace with yourself, like this isn't really tough time. Yep. Um, yeah. people are balancing a lot of demands, especially if they're working from home and have their children. And like I said, mm -hmm. at the beginning, just like have fair expectations of yourself. And that might mean putting on boundaries, like with work and yep. making sure that they're having fair expectations of you. Yep. Um, so you could go into, into that more, but, but like, that's just one thing. That's I'll great. There. That's great. Yeah. Um, and then the last one is like people who have been laid off or potentially mm. laid off. Um, you know, I think that's a really stressful, right. For so many oh, yeah. reasons, um, and, and difficult, but, uh, in a practical way, I think just looking at your options for financial support, I'm mm -hmm. so thankful we live in Canada yeah. and like just totally. the, the response that there's been from the government. Yeah. And, you know, I'm, I think just looking at like, what are the options that you have for financial support here? 
exploring potential outcomes and just creating a brief action plan for each, but not trying not to like catastrophize and, yep. and dig, you know, like dig into like, I'm going to lose my job and then I won't be able to get a job because we're in a recession and I'll lose this, 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 like just keep it, you know, very practical, mm-hmm. keep it in the next few weeks, months kind of thing. Yeah. Um, connect with your support system, yes. whoever that might be. Don't be afraid to ask for help. Don't let shame stop you from seeking help. Um, from the people around you. I think especially now people want to help each other. Yeah. We want to get through this together. We don't, I, I don't want anyone to be left behind or slip through the cracks. So just asking for help. Um, that can be really hard for someone who's like never experienced being laid off or job insecurity, you know, before. So um, I think, yeah, just encourage, encourage you to do that. And then, challenging negative and catastrophic thinking that's an especially important if you're you know facing financial instability and i i don't know if this helps everyone but it helps me to remember like everyone's in this together like a lot of people are experiencing this right now so you're not alone um and you know we will all find a way through and and get to the other side but but um it's there's gonna be a lot of unknowns i think for people for a while it's good good well hey thanks for your time uh Mm -hmm. this has been super helpful because i think there's we're just hitting so many different categories of people and so many different situations and uh, i think what we'll do uh from here is just kind of offer this as a whole but then splice it up so that we can kind of title it for specific groups too oh cool yeah